All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can you see it? Did you comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser in with a shot he scores moment's notice it only You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. Zephyr Epic has got you covered for all of your trading card needs, and they also have a retail location located in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. So go check them out online at ZephyrEpic.com or at their retail location in Surrey. The best part about Zephyr Epic is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from... From Penticton, 
home of the Young Stars Tournament, right. to the Paws, Manitoba. Go ahead and tell me about P-A-S. the Paws. The Paws. The P-A-S. Okay. Le, le pas is how they uh, they say it in French. But uh, there's not that much French in Manitoba. Anyways, moving on here. Uh, the Paws, home of a couple of pretty big-name people. Glenn Gullitson, who's most well-known in this market because he gets his hair cut by the same barber as I do huh. down at White Rock Barbers. Shout out to them. Uh, former assistant coach of the Vancouver Canucks. As well, another famous person from The Paws, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler. Nothing, eh? He's really from there? Yeah, from wow. uh, from the pause. Sometimes I don't know whether to believe you. Here's the thing. It said that on their Wikipedia page, but yeah. then I go to his Wikipedia page, and it says he's from uh, Saskatoon. Yeah, see? So, the, you know, there's a couple mix-ups here. A lot of famous dog sled racers from the pause. Oh, okay. Which is uh, probably, you know, pretty obvious because they're home of the Trappers Festival every winter, which features ice fishing, muskrat skinning, and the annual dog sled race. Or they call wow. it a sled dog race. Oh, okay. I would always say dog sled, but it's a sled, sled dog. Sled dog race. The uh, biggest employer there, it's not uh, It's not a big uh, oil. And they got, I don't know about the money in uh, the paws, but uh, Paper Mill is the main employer, the craft paper industries. Ah, okay. And I'll tell you what, you know, some of these smaller cities, you know, they're struggling for population. This is, a, the paws is, is getting bigger and bigger. 5% increase in population since 2016, they're up to 5639 counted in 2021. So, you know, smaller uh smaller town, or I guess is a city, city on the west west uh side of Manitoba. But uh they they're growing. They got a lot of stuff. They call it, it's uh, you know, another one of these uh cities where it's like a path to the north, you know. Yeah. There you go. The okay. pause. Excellent work. Glenn Gullitson. We're also delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D is all one word. CONVODD, that will give you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Guadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. We're jumping right into it. Very similar actually, to how we did on our emergency episode. If you haven't listened to that already, folks, that was our immediate reaction to the JT Miller signing, which came down on Friday afternoon. This is our first podcast since then. Obviously, we had the Saturday episode posted. Uh, As we explained on uh, the emergency episode, episode 293 was recorded on Friday afternoon before Miller was announced. So there was some outdated stuff there, but we got into the Nils Lundqvist talk, got into a lot of different stuff, but we've got some stuff to talk about on this episode, Chris. So we are jumping right into it. Where do you want to start? Well, I feel good that I've been able to calm down because this whole, this emergency podcast came out on a Friday afternoon, late Friday afternoon when like just about to hit a long weekend. And I think we were pretty amped up at the time when uh, we recorded the emergency episode. And yeah, we already had the other episode ready, pretty much ready to be posted. So glad we didn't do a whole JT Miller episode for that Saturday show. So I thought it was still pretty relevant. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I let's start on JT Miller. Let's let's do it. Let's yeah. start there because you know your immediate reaction. You're fired up, like you just said, and, and you say things, and, and you, you know then you have time to reflect on what you said. You think about it a little more. I'll, I'll offer it to you first. Compared to what you said on Friday, has A, your mind changed, or B, have you kind of stuck to your guns and refined your argument a little bit more? I think I've calmed down a little bit, but I, aside from that, I feel pretty similar to how how I talked about it on Friday. I mean, it's a big investment, and it's, to me, really signaling that this team wants to win now, and I think that was something that 
we spoke to Patrick Alvin about today. I know we'll get to that a little bit later, maybe even play some clips uh, from that. But, yeah, I it just feels like, you know, it's weird because I think a lot of the time we look at some of the moves that the Canucks make and, and they they make you question, like, what the plan is, right? And I think that's another mm-hmm. big thing of, of this organization where the fan base has kind of thought that the team was going to go one direction and it feels like they go a different direction. And um, with the JT Miller situation, listen, they, they locked him up on a contract that, in my eyes, is lower than market value if he were to hit free agency. Um, I think a player in his area where you know he puts up 99 points last season obviously I think he had I don't want to say like good luck but he definitely had some uh, some puck bounce his way throughout the season to get to 99 points you hope that he can repeat what he did and I mean if he's a 90 plus point player over the next four years you're getting your value out of that contract absolutely um, but I still stick with what I said last like the Canucks are making JT Miller their guy he was asked today when we chatted with them um, you know, how does it feel being like the number one center? That's what Bruce Boudreaux addresses you. Like That's what he calls you when he talks in the media. And that is the thing. Like, JT Miller is the number one center. How long is he the number one center when Elias Pettersson's here? Like, I don't know. Um, I think JT Miller is like an excellent second line center if you're a, a Stanley Cup competing team. And I think that's what the Canucks are probably hoping for is that uh, Elias Pettersson continues to take steps where he can be at that level of a first line center, which a lot of people think he you know, potentially is even already at right now. So if he's able to kind of become the leading scorer of this team and you have another, you know, a solid one-two punch down the middle, not to mention Horvat at third, but if you, if you are building a team, it's, it's a smart idea to do it with your centers. Um, I just think that uh, it, it was a little bit surprising. I think there had to be options for the Canucks to explore with a trade to kind of help uh, help them in the long term. But they're going for it here now, and I think this is kind of doubling down on this core right now to see what they can do moving forward. And there's a window in my eyes with Thatcher Demko's contract, with some of these other signings, like Ilya Mikheyev makes sense at four years. Like they, This is the four-year window to start going for it. It's just it's interesting to come off of missing the playoffs twice, being the worst team in the Canadian division in that spot. And I get that it was a, a weird situation to be in with COVID and everything, but every other team had to go through it. So there's there's just a massive investment into what Bruce Boudreaux did in the finish of the season yep. last year that that needs to be repeated this year to make these deals look like the right move. And that's almost interesting because you just mentioned it's an investment in Bruce Boudreaux and what you saw from him at the end, but... They didn't invest in Bruce Boudreau. They made that right. clear that they wanted him back on a one-year deal. Obviously, Bruce is back uh, for that second-year option that was with his contract that he signed back in December. So Bruce is back. So you're investing in what you saw from Bruce's team, but like if the Canucks miss the playoffs this year, they're going to let go of Bruce. Like Bruce is done if they miss the playoffs. It's not... They're not making the same long-term investment in Bruce as they are JT Miller, but I understand what you're saying, that they're investing in what they saw from the Bruce Boudreaux-led Canucks. Are, are you done? Because I've got a lot. Well, i got a lot of thoughts on this. If you look back in just like very recent history, like I think this is a different approach than obviously what the previous regime did after making the playoffs and going on that bubble run is look what happened after that, where the team was shredded, right? You lose Markstrom, you lose uh, Stetcher, you lose Tanev, you lose all these players to Foley. Like, that team that looked like it was taking a lot of steps in the right direction really got ripped apart, and you saw the results of that in the COVID season, right? So it looks like they're going a different direction with this management group, though it feels very similar to... Kind of what the what the last regime did of kind of doubling down on the core that they really like and the players that they want. Um, to me, it's it's 
that's a different road that you're kind of taking that we maybe seen from the regime in the past where they need to kind of keep this group together if they want this group to develop. Um, and they've added to it, obviously, to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, seven years at $8 million for JT Miller is a big contract. But in my eyes, it's not – I still think it's a little bit lower than what I would have expected, honestly. Like, I think that he was probably looking for eight years somewhere. Um, he would have had to sign that with the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, seven's the max you can sign as a free agent. So he got the seven years. He got the $8 million. doesn't kick in until next year. Uh, and for people, I've seen this in the comments of the Canucks Army articles, like, oh, I'm like, no, they're going to, you know, they could still trade him for this year. Um, and Patrick Alvin was asked about that today. And yes, there is no no trade that has been added for this season. No, no trade protection. Yes. Yeah, so there is a no, yeah, there's not a no trade protection added onto his season, though that is an option when you do sign an extension for a player. But, you know, Alvin basically just said it today where he was like, uh, you know, when you sign a contract to a player like this, you don't have any intent of trading yeah, the season. Though is, I've seen a yeah. lot of people online and on, in the comment section, like uh, even in the mailbag, someone was commenting like, yeah, but like, oh, uh, just keep the trade speculation going. Like he still doesn't have no trades. Like, no dude, they just locked him up for seven years. They're not trading him this. Season. I'm I'm okay. You're and no, it, don't it tell is me. A, no, listen, there. listen, it is a horrible piece of business. Uh, it is not the way you should be operating. And I don't think the Canucks will do it. Absolutely. The chatter is going to start if they're out of the playoffs. Like if they come in this year, just no, fall flat on their seven years. Are you kidding me? If they fall flat on their faces this year, you don't think there's going to be a team looking if, to get a rental out of this. A rental, but he's and and he's locked in on a good yeah. contract. Okay, and this no, this brings, I don't think it's happening. no. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't want to start this. I think you and I were most relieved when this happened was that we can finally stop the trade chatter. It is just something that I wanted to point out that Alvin did say the plan is not to move him and is to keep him for the next obviously eight years and but seven he years. Also this said one. that there was. Not a no trade added yep. to him as yep. that is an option when you sign the yep, extension. Exactly. So I don't know. I guess the door is open, but this is a stupid door. If you ask no, we're me. not gonna we're not gonna start exploring that. But I'm just saying that if the Canucks do fall flat on their face, it is something that's going to be brought up. Whether that sure. be by the club, probably not. If they're last um, in the league and they land Connor Bedard, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So so here's my take on this contract, Chris, because I've had a lot of time to think about this. I haven't written this down or anything, but I've got a pretty good idea in my head of what I want to say. And essentially, that's that this is a great contract. And I don't want to sound like I'm sitting on the fence here, Chris, but it is a great contract and is an objectively good contract. But the question is whether the Canucks should have signed it or not. Any cup contending team would love to have JT Miller on this contract. Any cup contending team. Keyword, cup contending team. Patrick Alvin admitted as much today that the Canucks are not a cup contending team at this current point. Now, the question now becomes... What are they going to be able to do from now until, let's say, the expiration of uh, Quinn Hughes' deal or Thatcher Demko's deal? Those are kind of the two timelines I'm looking at. So you got four years where you're hoping at least that JT Miller is going to be a very productive contributor to this team. Are the Canucks going to be able to turn this team into a contender in that time? They've got a boatload of forwards. They've got great forward depth. So that's something that uh, people should kind of pay attention to because... It was kind of brought up today when in a conversation I had with somebody that Nils Hoaglander has the real potential to become like a 2.5 to $4 million player on his next contract, right? Like you look at what's being handed out around the league, and I'll get to that in a second because that's partly why this is such a good contract. He would have to have a pretty big season to get 2.5 plus. Well, look what Philip Heedle just got in New York. Yeah, I, right? I think Hoaglander's in quite a different situation. Hoaglander's, I, Hoaglander's got more points than Heedle. 
Sure. Already. I'd be surprised though to see Huglander be making like three plus million dollars. That would very sure. Much that, that'd me. be a surprise, but that would be if he excels this season. Sure. Okay. okay? Fair so, enough. so, so what I'm saying is if that happens, I don't view that as much of a problem as, as you know, some people might and say, well, they're not going to be able to resign Huglander. They're going to be able to maybe trade a young asset and get something in return uh, to help them, right? Like whether that be help on the blue line, right? And you're not really losing that much in terms of your forward group because you're so happy about your depth. Again, this is all pie in the sky. I'm just saying that the idea that this is going to be a problem if too many of their forwards overperform and they need to give pay raises out, right? It's not so much a problem as it's, okay, well, someone else is going to happily pay that contract and someone's probably going to trade for his RFA rights, correct? Mm -hmm. So that was my point there. Now, my point about this contract, yes, it is a great contract. The reason I say that, Chris, is look around the NHL. Look what's being signed. Kadri gets 7 by 7 The guy's two years older than Miller, right? Kadri's getting a 7 by 7 at his age. Huberto, same sort of thing. Uh, eight years, $10.5 million. Look, that's, that's an expensive contract, and that's partly because they really wanted him to stay in a Canadian market, right? Miller's American. He's not from Canada. That's yeah. what that means, okay? So... He signs long-term in Vancouver. He wants to be here. That's a win in itself for the organization. My, my point here, Chris, is that this is a objectively good contract, an objectively good contract, I should say, but I'm not sure if the Canucks are going to be able to compete in this time frame, uh, almost because of this Miller contract, right? But like I said on the emergency episode, if the alternative is to trade Miller for like a first-round pick and, and a prospect who's not going to move the needle right and it's a late first round pick you've lost the miller you've lost the miller trade your team you're not able to get better because of that right like that first round pick's probably not going to help you for like years right because he's a he's a late first we're talking here right i just keep looking at this situation and saying look the canucks have made it clear that they want to compete and i'm not going to pass judgment too hard like i i see these takes online of oh this is a cursed franchise this is the stupidest thing they could have done no, the stupidest thing they could have done is let him walk in free agency. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the stupidest thing they could have done. I mean, and two weeks ago, that was a very possible situation yeah. in our eyes, looking at it of like, hey, exactly. if he's going to get traded, it's going to be at the deadline. And then the conversations we're having on this show of like, what if they're in the hunt at the deadline, right? You yeah. Know, like, that was, that no, was a I, serious I, conversation. I'm not having. on board with this whole, this is the stupidest thing they could have done. Oh, this this franchise is cursed or whatever. I'm not on board with that at all. Let let them have a shot here. Let them, let's see what they can actually do here. Um, again, a lot of things need to break right, but they've got the franchise goalie, and he's not getting any younger. I've brought it up before, and I don't want to fear monger or anything, but Thatcher Demko's not getting any younger, Right. He's had the he's had the injury problems in the past. We saw him break down at the end of last year. This club needs Spencer Martin to hit, right? They've got good stuff coming in the goalie pipeline. Again, they've got Koskenvo, they've got Seelovs. They need one of those guys to hit. Obviously, Ty Young's now in that conversation as well. They need one of those guys to hit eventually, right? My main point here, Chris, is that Thatcher Demko is probably giving you his best years right now. And at like, five million dollars. At five million dollars. Do you do you think it's crazy to say that last season was one of the best years Thatcher Demko was ever going to have in his career? I think... I, I don't think, think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy to say that, but I, I do think that there's still a lot of chance for him, you know, a lot of chances for him to... At least match have, it. At least yeah. match it or be better in my yeah, eyes, too. I, I fully agree. I think once that defense group uh, in front of him... But you're grew, right. It's not crazy to think that that was one of the best seasons yeah. you could have from him. Yeah, but, but another point that I'm trying to make here is... We always say once the defense improves, think of, think of how good Thatcher Demko is going to get, and he's going to start being in Vezina conversations. 
that hasn't happened yet. Right. It hasn't, right? So you're expecting the same thing from Thatcher Demko. So that's where I come back to just trying to be objective here. The the flawed roster construction, right? Um, my, my main point is, is if you're going to lose Miller and not be able to improve that roster, then what the hell are you doing? Right, like that. That's my point here. Is I, I don't, I don't buy the whole. Well, they extended them. They're doomed now. No, they're doomed if they let them walk and they have have some cap space to play with. Sure, but then they don't do anything with it. Right. Like, let's not forget they've still got Miller at five point two five this year. That's a great contract. Right. Right. Like, they're gonna try and make some noise this year. And again, this is just a stepping stone. That's what Alvin said in his presser. So my final take on the contract is that it is an objectively great contract. Still not sure if the Canucks should have signed it, but we have to wait and see to be sure about that. That's my take. It just feels like for a while now, there's been times where you look at what the Canucks have made for decision. Listen, it's a new management group now. It's a little bit different, but for years it's felt like, oh, is this the time to do this? Like, does this not sound very similar to give the, me a, yeah, give me an example. To the initial situation of acquiring JT Miller. You know, this is like they go, they trade a first and a third at the time to get JT Miller. So what? They can become a playoff team. Sure. They sign an extension for him for seven years at a time where they're still looking to become a playoff team. Like it's like what you said, JT Miller, that contract, every team that's in playoff contention loves to have that. Sure. 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 And the Canucks kind of need him to get into playoff. Contention I, I'm, quite a bit. I am fully on board. Right. But what what position are the Canucks in? They've already they've already flubbed any sort of rebuild, right? right. Like I think we can agree on that. They uh, can't rebuild. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've agreed that they have flubbed the chance to rebuild because the time to do it was in 2016, right? And they didn't. They tried to get better. Uh, you just mentioned the Miller trade. Sure, like I I'm I'm willing to entertain the conversation that yeah maybe that wasn't the the best time to trade for J T Miller. Um, obviously he was someone they thought would perform better if they acquired him and gave him an increased role. They were correct about yep. that, but where has it led them, right? Like, I, I totally understand that conversation, but what I'm saying is people say, oh, this is this is the same as them going out and getting Louis Erickson. This is the same as them going out and getting Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, because they're just trying to compete. No, it's not. Like, it is absolutely not. It, this is How this long is did the, you want Canucks to pay their best players instead of pay those guys? You can look at it from that point of yeah, view and be this, like, they are paying one of their best players. That's my point, is this is the opposite of what they screwed up after the bubble when they lost to Foley, they lost Marshall, they lost Tanev. They didn't value those guys enough, right? And look where it's led them. You can't... Like... I, I still understand the argument of, well, if you traded them, and again, like we, we know that deal, the, the Hedl, Lundqvist, and a first, and that's kind of our baseline, right? All indications are that they didn't get anything better than that, and I'm not sure that's a trade you make, right? Like, I'm not sure that's a trade that moves the needle. I, I know Niels Lundqvist has a bright future, but look where he's at right now, right? Like, the Rangers are actively trying to move this player because Braden Schneider hopped over him on their depth chart, right? Like, I don't think you make that trade, and if that was the best one they got, I don't think this extending them on this deal especially, especially when you see what's going on in the UFA market, and that's something Alvin touched on today. Like, I think your options were a little bit limited here, and I think all things considered, you have to be kind of happy with what the Canucks were able to walk away from the situation with. Like, I understand that people want to see them, uh, you know, really re replenish the prospect pool, right? I, I totally get that, but... When that's not seeming like it's an option, right? And again, that that's at, in itself. Like people say, the whole, uh, well, the Canucks missed the mark on trading him. That's a fair criticism. Like that's a fair criticism. That's yep. the that's the general manager and the hockey ops 
department. That's their job is to figure out the market, right? And, and figure out what they're going to be able to get on the trading market. And again, like I said, if Heedle, Lundqvist, and First is the best you're going to get, I don't know if I make that trade. But regardless, uh, you, you want to be able to uh, get the most as possible with the market when it's you know at the trade deadline right and uh, again we don't know if that was the best deal they got there was talks that there was more than that but again i don't know i'm just speculating here so i don't want to throw that out there as a report my point chris is that i think all things considered this deal basically seals the canucks fate in that they need to compete and they need to be in win now mode and they'll now be judged on those parameters it's not if you don't make the playoffs, that's a massive failure and you've completely screwed up. You've you've basically repeated the exact same mistakes of the past, right? Personally, I don't think this is a club that misses the playoffs. In their current form, I don't think they're missing the playoffs. Yeah, and I also don't think it's a team that's winning the cup either. And I think that's something that, that Alvin almost talked about today. But you got to like, take that step team, to get there. Exactly, and he said, like, that's the thing. I think this year is about getting to the playoffs. This year is about winning around competing in the second round doing something to get yourself like a little bit of playoff experience for some of these young players who yes they've had a little bit in the bubble but i I don't know it just feels different when there's fans and there's you know everything about the playoffs you want these guys to see what rogers arena supports them like when they're at home yeah you want to see those type of things i i do want like i want to play the um the patrick alvin question that i asked him about that and hear his answer about this team you know it is kind of win now mode, but he also said that it's not about going from a team that misses the playoffs to immediately becoming a Stanley Cup yeah, contender. There's growing pains there. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, yeah, I'll just play the whole. I'll play the question and the answer. Let, from me, let me one second. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> one last thing. I just I love seeing this on Twitter. People are like. I don't want a bubble playoff team. I want someone who's going to compete every year, like Toronto and Florida. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to go on with that. I just, I find that hilarious when people throw that out there. It's hockey, folks. It's hockey. All right. Want to get to Alvin's answer now? Do it. Yeah, I'm fired up. How much coffee? I I had some espressos. Yeah, I had a feeling you might have. All right. uh, Yeah, let's get to the question. Some of the stuff. Patrick Alvin spoke with us today, uh, the media, as well as JT Miller. We talked to both of them. We might play a JT Miller clip back, but I want to run the the question that I asked uh, Alvin, and maybe we'll get the JT Miller one as well, because I thought that one was interesting about the management group as well. So kind of speaking on win now, uh, let's just hear what, uh, what Alvin had to say about that. You spoke about having a lot of confidence in the upper management group yourself and Jim with the past that you guys have winning cups. I guess looking at the investment that you just made in JT Miller, how much is this Canucks team now moving into like a win now mode, or do you think there's a lot of work to do to get to that point? Well, I think uh, it, a, there is a lot of work. Uh, I don't think you just uh, go from being a non-playoff team to be a Stanley Cup winner. I think this is a process over time that. Uh, I think in today's game, you want to be. Our goal is to be a, a very competitive, t- competitive team over time, and and by being that, we need to make a big step this year. And and uh, and I believe that the players are uh, prepared, and their mindset is that uh, they're ready to come in here for day one training camp. So Patrick Alvin, similar thoughts as us, right? Is like there's a lot of work still to be done, but now let's see them go out and do it, right? Like. It's great that he's saying there's all this work to be done, but I think what the people who are saying, like, this is a horrible contract are worried about is that the work isn't going to get done, right? Is that it's just going to be, well, we're here, and this is the group to get it done, and they're what, are they going to make excuses that, oh, this is Bruce's fault? 
I don't think so. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I look at. It's like where where is the work being done? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like where where in the off season? Calvin DeHaan. Listen, like they went out and addressed a weak part, which was their penalty killing. Right? They went out and got one of the best penalty killers you could argue, at least at scoring shorthanded goals. Dakota Joshua, Kev, Ilya Mikheyev, Dakota Joshua. I don't think Joshua is a great penalty <laughs> killer. Anyways, they went out and get Mikheyev. Um, and listen, that's going to address a very weak point of their team, but it's like, it's like, you know, when you go to the gym, well, when I go to the gym and it's like, am I going to work legs today? Nah, I'm not going to work legs today that's because, right. and you do this as well. Legs is like the defense core, but you know, that's a hard thing to work on. I'd rather just work out my arms and curl bicep curls all day long. That's, right. that's just like adding to your forward group. The defense core is legs and nobody wants to do legs. And that's what it feels like for the Canucks' management group. It's like you really need to address the weak part of your team or the hardest thing to kind of make happen. Like, cause like, listen, man, doing squats is tough. Okay. Doing squats is a lot more tough than doing bicep curls, but you need to do that to have a well-rounded team. And I mean, I think that's been the toughest thing to watch for this Canucks team in the offseason. It's like, yeah, they went out and added some wingers that are exciting. They've added Curtis Lazar, I think, is going to help the fourth line. That's nice. Uh, they've been able to lock down JT Miller. They have three th- solid centers down the middle now. But the thing that they didn't address was the back end, right? Like, what has changed to the defense core? You're right. Like, like you're nothing. absolutely right. Everyone absolutely got a year right. older. That's the only change that I've really seen in the defense core. Yeah, and there could be something coming down the line. I think we'll touch on it on the other side because our poll question is about JT Miller. Sure. Actually, to that point, um, Patrick Alvin was asked about if there's going to be any changes to the defense or if this is the one that he expects. Let, let's hold on to that because we still have the JT Miller poll question and then we got a lot on the defense court. And I think that's a good kind of segue. Okay. We can say we'll half. save that clip because that one was really because I tell you, he's it's sneaky. telling it's he's telling I, he, Patrick Alvin's sneaky when he laughs. He's up to something. That's what his tell is right now. Like if you're ever playing in a poker game with Alvin, I bet he giggles when he gets a pocket aces. <laughs> like he's got a tell, I think. And I, I we kind of felt like we got that tell from him today. But all right, we'll get to uh, we'll get to the break here. On the other side, we got a poll question about JT Miller. We'll wrap up the Miller discussion uh, and then start diving into the defense core a little bit. Uh, the legs of the Vancouver Canucks, as I've mentioned here, with a metaphor. Is that what that is? What yep. I just did there? That's a metaphor. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to our commercial break here on the other side i'll bring three more metaphors in the second half of the episode uh what do you say keep it locked keep it loaded yeah i say that for some reason all right locked and loaded connects conversation commercial break starts now before we go any further into the episode we have to give a quick shout out to our friends at montana's montana's is the barbecue expert in canada they smoke their ribs in-house every day and then they sauce and fire grill them to order montana's legendary all you can eat ribs promotion is on now seven days a week until the end of summer come in for all you can eat ribs and get montana's messy to win weekly prizes chris do you have a little montana story for us i tell you go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce the best sauce they got there and listen the ribs are great do the all you can eat ribs if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana, as you know it. And, and you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you Apple go. butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing with seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, and Kelowna. 
Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Folks, if you want to advertise with us, shoot us a message at ChrisFaber39 on Twitter, at Quadrelli on Twitter, or at Canucks Convo on Twitter. We can also be reached on Instagram. My handle is quads at the rink. You're Chris Faber 39 there as well, aren't you? Uh, don't hit me up on Instagram. I'll private there. Yeah, I don't really I don't really check my Instagram that much. I don't have a Faber at the rank account, so Yeah. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. All right. It's time for episode 294 poll question brought to you by the great folks at locally owned Atlas Goods. Folks, go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop brines. You Hold know what on. I've seen lately, Chris? Um Go ahead. I have a Pop Ryan story, too. I hope I don't steal it because I've seen people putting them in sandwiches. You ever put chips in your sandwich? Yeah. You put some Pop Ryan's in your sandwich? My goodness, you are laughing. So, folks, go out, get some fresh, delicious pork rinds straight from your air fryer or microwave. Throw them in a sandwich. Throw them in a bowl. Do whatever you want. High-protein snack. Healthy. They're they're good. Here's what I got to say. So, I had a buddy come over and visit this weekend. We played some golf on the weekend, and... Um, he's like, oh, like what? Like I was like, oh, let's make some snacks, watch the TV, whatever. We finished round of golf. Was tired, need some snacks, and I'm like, oh, let's try some pork rinds. And he's like, ah, oh. he's like, no, I had pork rinds like a couple months ago for the first time. They were disgusting. I was like, yeah, but those are like those aren't fresh pork rinds. Those are the ones in the bag that have been sitting there forever. Yep. And then we had these ones with a little taco seasoning on top. Ooh, of very it, good. Which was like old El Paso taco yep. seasoning too. You get uh, you get the big yellow round thing of it. And yeah, he he was sold on that. He, like I tell you, the fresh pork rind. They people that hear this and they're like, I know pork rinds. I see them in those yeah, yellow exactly. bags. Whatever company that is, those are trash pork rinds. Those por- I remember buying those pork rinds years ago. I had because I never had them. Took a bite out of the ones from that yellow bag. Threw out the bag like we, two bites in. Admittedly, when Atlas approached us, we were both kind of like, oh, pork rinds. And then we tried them. We were like, I only oh, okay. knew about the old stale ones in the bag. Yeah, These exactly. fresh ones yep. pop up like a popcorn. 
Yeah, popcorn but, but like 10 times the size. Yeah, they're fantastic. Like. So yeah, you see the you ever, people always message me about the small serving size. No. Like, yeah, trust me. Don't put more yeah, than that. Yeah, you and your freaking small serving size over here. Have you seen some of the, I don't know if you've had this, but when I've used the pork rinds in the air fryer, some of them like are huge. Like some of them are like oh, yeah. four inches yep. long when you pop them open. Yeah. All right. Great. Throw them in a sandwich. Crush Don't them up. Them. Crush them up and throw them in a sandwich. That's what people I've seen online. There, there. You crush them up and you. Uh, I don't know what you do. You put them on the outside of a chicken or something. Oh, They're using them as anything. breading. Yeah, or panko. Something. Yeah, yeah. I the possibilities. Tried that yet. The possibilities are endless. So go check out Atlas Goods. AtlasGDS.com. Use promo code CC15. Another Surrey-based company that advertised with us. Yeah, we like our. Surrey. We like we like Surrey. Okay. So our poll question is: A Will JT Miller ever have a 100 plus point season? Chris, so far leading the vote with 51%. No, he won't top 99. 42% of people say yes, he will get 100 plus, and 7% say they are angry. Where did you vote on this one? Um, I voted no. I voted no as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible, but if I was betting on it, and that's why you know when I put out a poll question the night before, you know it's a good one, and you can see the results are answering this one. This is a tight one. It's close, so. It's possible. Like I, I do think he hits ninety multiple times for the Canucks. I think in the next four years, like that would be a letdown if he didn't. I think if he's around, you know, he has to be point per game at least. I think in like two of the next four years for this contract to look good. So there's going to be a position for him to to kind of be set up to put up a lot of points, and he's going to be one of the, if not the biggest guy holding onto the puck on this first power play. You know, a team that should have one of the whatever they're hoping for a top five or top 10 power plays in the league. They have all the skill to do it. And he's the guy touching the puck. What feels like the most on the power play. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be possible depending on kind of his line mates as we move forward here. Like, is this team really going to always run with Pedersen Miller Horvat down the middle? Because if they load up a line and you start to see Pedersen or lotto line type of things come back together, then I think you could start to really look at this guy getting close to a hundred points, but can he can he be a hundred point player with you know Connor Garland and Vasily Podkolzin on his wing? I think that's probably the big question here moving forward. But um, yeah, if I if I had to say over over this time, I I I would have to say no. But I'd love to be surprised and see him get a hundred points here soon. And it depends how the league goes too, right? Like I think we've seen scoring go up here and there in the league. Uh, if the Canucks are actually going to start being a very good team and a playoff team, they're going to score more goals. They're going to be able to put up more points, and a lot of those points are likely going to be coming from JT Miller. So I think it's possible. Don't get me wrong. That's why I think this poll question is so close. It's such a well-put-together poll question by uh, by one of us over there on the Canucks Combo account. So, yeah, it's close. I'd say no, but I'd be – like, I wouldn't bet a lot on that. I wouldn't bet a lot on no over the next seven years that he doesn't do that. Eight years, I guess. But, yeah, I'm going to say no. Okay. I've got something. All right. <laughs> a little voice crack there. There we go. Uh, I, I've got something from Alan Walsh, the super agent who so famously once tweeted out a photo of um, Marc-Andre Fleury, his client, getting stabbed in the back by a sword that said Pete DeBoer on it, or just DeBoer. Uh, anyway, Alan Walsh, uh, NHLPA certified player agent, tweeting this out. Something I found interesting because it goes back to what we kind of brought up a little bit on the bonus episode that I wanted to expand on a little bit. But this is what Alan Walsh said. With so many NHL teams at or over the cap and NHL revenues recovering from the pandemic quicker than expected and breaking records, why doesn't the NHL propose smoothing out the escrow debt repayment over the remaining years of the CBA? 
As it stands now, pay attention here, Chris. The upper limit will rise only one million for each of the next two years. We knew that already, and then jump over eight million in 2025-26. Did you hear it? That's the big thing here. If you smooth out the escrow debt, debt it would allow the cap to rise 3.5 million each year for the next three years. NHL clubs will have increased cap space, sign their group twos, and won't be jammed for the next two seasons. Left with no alternative but giving away good players for no assets. It's a win-win for everyone, says Alan Walsh. But Chris, there was something I wanted you to pay attention to in there. Did you pick up what it was that I really wanted to point out there? $8.5 million of cap space. $8 million. Oh, okay. <laughs> you almost had know. it though. I don't know where I got the point five from. You you were you were right there. You were you were very close. There. I pay attention when you talk. It's not the same when I talk. No, it's not. You no. know that. I just gave you a rant about the poll question. You didn't even answer it. <laughs> Sorry. Eight million. Eight million in 2025-26 is the big thing. There is, you know, like we've heard the numbers thrown out and what we had heard before. And was, sorry, you got to clarify this. That is total after three seasons or is that one million, one million, then eight million? It's going to jump over eight million in 2025-26. His wording here is a little bit confusing, but just to err on the side of caution, let's not say that it's going to be 10 million total because... We've already been told by Gary Bettman himself that it's going to raise by $1 million this year. We obviously know that. And then the following year, that's been confirmed as well, uh, as much as it can be, I think, from Bettman, uh, that it's going to be another million. But he did add that the salary cap won't jump significantly until the player's escrow debt is fully paid off in roughly two to three years. So it follows the Walsh timeline, but this is Walsh basically saying uh, it's going to jump over $8 million in 2025-26. So let's, let's just say... It's a total of, let's say, $5 million in that third year, right? So uh, between the time from now to that last year, it's going to be another $8 million coming on. Yeah. That GT Miller contract's looking a lot better if that's actually the case. Yeah, it's definitely a percentage of the cap a lot lower. And yeah, I think it was Bill Daly also, you know, these two guys are the ones talking about. He confirmed, I think, on 32 thoughts that after the 23-24 season, and like you said, I guess they're kind of using the same wording here, but a significant rise in the salary cap after that point. Yeah, I mean, like, that's when it'll be really interesting to see how, like, if you, I don't know, just looking around the world of sports, seeing how much money some of these players are end up making, like, there's always a time in the sport where things go much quicker in, like, a rise of the salary cap and players start making a lot more money. Just feels like the NHL is a little bit behind, right? Like, like you know, we're talking about NFL players making $46 million a year when the salary cap for the NHL is like in the eighties, I mean, like there is going to be a rise in the cap and I think it could happen pretty quickly with how things are going to evolve into streaming and how that's really going to change a lot of the money coming into the NHL, how players are going to be able to bargain a little bit more differently moving forward here. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to start to see them into the $90 million. Like you said, maybe after this 23, 24 season. And then if your cap's 90 plus, JT Miller's $8 million doesn't look that bad either. You're not even taking up 10% of the cap at that point. Again, and, and again, I wanted to reiterate, because someone actually mentioned, and I appreciate this, someone messaged me and said, hey, you didn't really expand on that point on the emergency episode. I remember saying that someone messaged me, an executive messaged me and said, good teams don't operate like that. Uh, and someone wanted me to expand on that, so I will. So the reason for that is that, let's say, and this is a horrible thing to throw out there and I really don't want to, but the reason that it was said that way to me is that, look, like with all the uncertainty, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen the next day and I think COVID taught us that for sure. Um, you know, that things could pause at any time. We'd never really know what's going to happen, uh, especially years and years in advance, right? Especially with us about to go into a recession, a lot of people are predicting that type of thing and inflation's high, blah, all that stuff, right? I'm not going to get into it all. Uh, people know you and I aren't smart enough to be talking about NFTs. that. 
NFTs, man. NFTs, baby. <laughs> to the moon. But my point being is that there's a lot of uncertainty just in the world, and hockey's obviously no exception to that. So that's kind of the reason that people say things like, that's not how good teams operate, is that you don't project four years in time. And Alvin was even asked about this. And we have the clip. We have the clip of Alvin uh, being asked this question. Here was Vancouver Canucks general manager Patrick Alvin's answer to that question today. Yeah, definitely calculated a big part of it. But also... um that the salary cap is going to take a couple of years uh, to get going here. So I think it was important for us to, to look at all our options and, and uh, uh, see what the best move was here. So what I take from that is, yeah, he thinks the salary cap's going up, but he also looked at what everybody's getting on the free agent market and saying, this is probably our best option, right? And he even spoke about that. We won't play the clip. Uh, I tweeted out the quote, but he was talking about how, uh, you know, there's often a lot of competition on the free agent market and they didn't want to find themselves in a position where their team was going to be, uh, you know, essentially made or break or made or broke broken making or broken. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> Uh, with free agency, right? Like, that's not a position the club wanted to be in. Uh, and he even mentioned that if they manage GT's ice time a little better, he thinks that he can produce uh, even more moving forward. So interesting thing, especially with our poll question, where we both said we don't think he's getting 100 points or more at any point in this contract. Yeah, but they're not taking away power play time, and they probably won't take away money. Minutes of 5 and 5 I'm curious to see penalty kill. Like, do we see JT Miller on the penalty kill next year? Uh, he likes it. He likes it, but uh, if they want to kind of limit his, or not limit, but like take away some of his minutes, I feel like that's a spot where you probably want to address it. Like, give Pods that time, man. Give Pods that time. He's out there working. Can we, uh, what are we talking about here next? Are we going to do the defense core? Or do you want to talk about what was on the ice today? I found it interesting, too. Yeah, yeah you go ahead. What was on Quickly the ice? Quickly on the ice today? Okay. Yeah, tell me. Uh, well, Niels Huglander back. I tell you, dude looks quick. He's got a nice little giddy up in his game, especially kind of skating next to uh, Vasily Podkolden. So it's good to see Huglander back on the ice. Hopefully, going to be able to talk to him tomorrow. Um, aside from that, there were some new faces. Tyler Myers was out there. I know Luke Shen apparently was there late last week, um, as well as Nemestikov. Remember him from development camp? I do. Nemestikov, uh, brother of NHLer, he was there, and I guess that's kind of preparing him for uh, Young Stars camp. And Tristan Nielsen, he'll be out there at Young Stars, I assume, too. And then. Uh, that's about it. I think a uh, little bit more numbers apparently coming later this week. I know we heard JT Miller talk that he's going to be joining the team on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start to see things really start to crank up here and uh, Young Stars next weekend, which I'm very excited for. Then training camp right after that. So should be a fun uh, week here out, uh, you know, watching these practices and being able to chat with some players. So good to see some new faces out there on the ice for sure. It's, you know, same uh, same kind of group of the Russians all out there together, Pod Coles and Mikheyev. Uh, Klimovich and uh, Kuzmenko as well. But tell you what, yeah, a little bit giddy up in Huglander's game. I liked, uh, like seeing him on the ice. I mean, I know he's always been quick, but I think after a groin injury, I don't want to say you have worries about him, but it's good to see him skating around the ice. Not not concerned with it, seemingly. No, right? not at all. And I think, you know, yeah, it just That's what you forgot want. there's a real good amount of giddy up in Niels Huglander's game, right? And I think uh, only playing 60 games last year, you didn't get to see that at the end of the season, but... Dude can fly, and uh, he was flying out there today, especially kind of him in, in all the drills was like Pod Colson goes first, Huglander goes second. And, yeah, you can just see, like, this kid's got really good feet in Niels Huglander. So see what uh, what happens with him fighting for a role here moving forward. Nice to see him here early, though. I know he got in uh, late last night, apparently, and he's already on the ice next morning. So Dude's that's the way it. Huglander is, man. Dude's he's going to work for it. 
That's right. And, and he's got something to prove this year, right? Like, this yep. is a player with a lot to prove. I'd say, like, the, and NHL.com released their uh, top breakout candidates for this season. Silly Pod Colson's on there. Yep. You know who wasn't on there? Nils Huglander. Yeah, for sure. He's got a lot to prove. Yeah. It's not even like a breakout year for him anymore. It's a... Well, I mean, it would be. Yeah, I mean, it obviously could be, but I think it's more about just like getting back to what he did in his rookie season. Sure, right? absolutely. Like that's what he probably yeah. wants to be more more than a breakout, if anything. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he shakes down. More I know, of a bounce back than a breakout. I know we've had the, the conversation about what he looks like on a fourth line, and is it better for him to be in the A? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll save that for another day, because I know that's you want to talk one. about some defense core, and I'll get a yeah. chance to talk with Huglander hopefully tomorrow, and then... Uh, have more stuff for the pod on the weekend. So yep. let's talk uh, defense. What's this? Uh, you got Dolly Wall reporting. Yep. Dolly Wall and Squadrelli report yep. here. Dolly and Squadrelli, as the man himself once put it uh, on Twitter when we uh, helped each other out with some uh, some reporting. Dolly and Squadrelli. Uh, Rick Dolly Wall of Donnie and Dolly the team, which returned today, by the way. I know yeah. we shouldn't plug other shows, but I, I love Donnie and Dolly. Um, well, you can plug them because uh, it's great that Czech is supporting local yeah, that, sports exactly. coverage in no British problem. Columbia. No problem plugging Any them. Any company that's doing that, I am all for. So And we're awesome in different time that. slots, so if people just listen to both, we're happy. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And after, Dan, tell you what, starting, uh, I think we can say the date now, right? When we start to go five shows a week? Yeah, go we ahead. We can say it. So starting on September 26th, uh, which will be the week, the Monday after training camp, that's when we're going to go five shows a week. And we are planning to go around kind of like the noon, one o'clock. we got to see how kind of a uh, morning skate time works. It might end up being one o'clock. It might end up being noon, but that'll be the Monday to Friday spot. So you watch Donnie and Dolly, boom, you pop right over to YouTube or wherever you want to watch us on the stream. And we'll be doing uh, the live shows then. Okay, so uh, yeah, shout out Donnie and Dudley, but this, let's let's tie this together because Chris, the question that everybody's still asking about this team is what's going on with the defense core. This defense group has not changed at all, as you as you uh, so astutely put it. Uh, they have only gotten a year older. That's the only change that we've seen with the defense core. So this is what Rick Dollywall of, like I said, Donnie Dolly, the team on check, had to say uh, about free agent Calvin DeHaan. Checked in with Calvin DeHaan this morning. The Canucks intrigue this player. He really thinks Vancouver's a good spot for him. He could be a utility guy at five. He can play the right side, and we all know the problems on the right side in Vancouver. He might go in the next few days. Vancouver, as of this morning, Tuesday morning, is still in the mix. I think something can happen with him, Calvin DeHaan, in the next few days. 24 points uh, total through 142 games with the Blackhawks in the past three seasons. And I tell you, I told you, I talked about it earlier in the episode, Patrick Alvin and his tell when something's up, he gets all giggly. Let me play back the clip of him being asked today when he was asked, do you expect to enter the season with essentially the defense group that you have right now? This is Patrick Alvin on it. I guess you never know. Uh, <laughs> we're still looking at all our options and, uh, I'm happy with the, with the with the defense group we have. I think uh, when everybody's healthy, I think we're uh, a, a very uh, competitive team. He's got the tell, man. He's got Guess the you'll tell. never know. <laughs> you'll never know. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, as Dollywell said, it's in the next few days here, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see if the Canucks are going to do anything. Uh, in the same segment, I want to mention, because I brought him up before, P.K. Subban, Dollywell brings it up, uh, that the age is a problem and that... Uh, the Canucks probably don't have the cap space to sign Subban, and they haven't reached out to his camp. Well, I think I don't think we talked about this in the first half of the episode. I think we did this in the video that we posted on YouTube. But 
Have you mentioned Tucker Pullman yet on the pod? No, we didn't. Go ahead. Okay, so that's kind of interesting too because obviously the the problems with headaches and everything that, that Pullman went through last year, keeping him out of the lineup. Uh, I don't know if there was a lot of confidence in Alvin's voice talking about him being at the first day camp, but that is what he told us is that you know, everything that he's heard from the trainers uh, with Pullman is that Tucker Pullman is going to be available for day one of Canucks training camp. And I know we've had this argument, but in my eyes, if he is 100% healthy, he is the third right shot defenseman on this team. Wow. I don't think it's going to be Dermot on the right side. If, if Pullman is 100% healthy, I think he's playing the right side on third pairing. I would, I would personally, I would personally like Calvin DeHaan. We've had this argument. If and you I, can I, have I, Calvin DeHaan at a completely variable cap hit, oh, for sure. I'm saying do that every day, right? Go out and do that. Sign that contract. What do you? Get him what do you pairing. actually think DeHaan comes in at? Like one two five. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, and is he a seventh defenseman and can play both sides? Yeah, maybe. But is Travis Dermott that too? So maybe if, if you know DeHaan comes in, I think that's the fight you're looking at in camp on the defense court. Well, you're looking at two, really. I think that would be a lot of fun to bring in DeHaan for for what this can mean for what you see at camp because a little more competition. you got the Pullman versus De- I mean, and Pullman's got to be healthy for this to all happen. But, hey, we spoke to the general manager this morning, and he told us that as far as he knows, Tucker Pullman is going to be healthy for day one of training camp. Have we heard something from a general manager in the past about players with – you know, head problems and head injuries in the past, and that not worked out? Absolutely. We saw in the last couple of years with Michael Furlan. So with concussion situations and headaches and everything that we hear about this, we can't, like I, you know, he said it, like, and it didn't feel like he was super confident in the way that he was talking about it. I just think that's the way it is with these type of injuries of like, yeah, I know it sounds great that he's skating and he's trying mm-hmm. everything, but what's it like when he's on the bright lights and he's playing in a game and there's yep. everything, right? Like, it, it, it is something that you have to kind of wait and see moment for him. But Yeah, which is that too could bad. Be, that could be, an, yeah, it is, it's horrible. But looking at it, if he is healthy, boom, you got to, ba- like, if you bring it to Han, you got to battle for that third pairing on the right side. Then you have Rathbone and Dermot battling for it on the left side. Like, this could be really fun, and this could this could really challenge the defense core. Like, if that's your eight defense core deep, you know, saying, like, obviously you have Myers and OEL, you have Hughes and Shen, and then you have the bottom four guys that we just mentioned that are fighting for a spot. I think that creates competition throughout the season. I think this is a situation the Canucks would like to get themselves into with at least the depth of their defense. Like, have it be a competition every single night where, you know, is Dermot better than Rathbone tonight? Maybe, because I think these two players, you can kind of flip-flop it right now to kind of see what happens until one of them breaks away from the other one. You could almost do the same thing with DeHaan and uh, and Pullman. And DeHaan is a left-shot guy. But he can play the right side. But, you know, to see them, like, I love the idea of having competition at the depth of your defense core with four players that you trust to be NHLers, yeah. even though you're only starting two of them because you kind of know what's going on in your top four. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do you have any prospect report for us? Yeah, I know you put a blackfish out today. It was a good one. I read yeah, it. Yeah, I chatted with, uh, got a good chat with Connor Lockhart. He's excited for his OHL season to really prove himself. We'll see him at Young Stars pretty soon. He was at uh, main training camp last year as well. So um, I expect a probably see him. I don't think he had any certainty if he was going to be at main camp again. He knows he's going to be at Young Stars, uh, then Whistler right after that. Uh, not a ton of other news. I think I chatted about most of it on the uh, Saturday show. I guess Jonathan LeCaramacchi scored his first goal uh, of Alsvenskan preseason today, so that was nice to see him score a goal. Um, and I got to bring up the tweet here because I thought this was hilarious. So, you know, uh, obviously there's like the Google Translate or whatever uh, that's on... Um, on Twitter, like when you press translate tweet, yeah, I think this is what they said for man advantage from Swedish. Dude, this is what it translated to. 
instead of man advantage, it's numerical superiority. Oh, how baby. sick does that sound? Instead of power play, numerical superiority. We've instead got instead of having a power play or a man advantage, you are on the numerical superiority. Oh my god! And I think that's just from like a bad translation on Google, <laughs> but like it's incredible. And I'm I don't think I'm ever gonna say man advantage again. I don't think so either. No. I think that's fantastic. I think it's incredible. So, yeah, he scored. Uh, Jonathan Karamak, he did. Um, the game, I couldn't find a stream for it, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I'll go back and watch when I get uh, get it on my app there uh, and get that out to people ASAT. ASAT? Faster than possible. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. We'll close it out there. Uh, nothing else to add. Check out CanucksArmy.com. We got lots of good stuff, and we're ramping up today, folks. Yeah, we got a YouTube video up right now, too. Yep. Uh, YouTube video. Something we got about everything. you on the YouTubes. You get, I, I go out, and I do all these ones. I work so hard on these prospects. You know, I watch all this thing. I put, like, 15 clips in these, and I get 75 views. I wear my short sleeve shirts. That's yeah, why. then you come on here, and we do one little thing where you ask, like, two questions say about 30 words in the whole five-minute yep. video. I just go off on these videos, and they get five 5,000-plus views. It's my shirts, oh, my so muscle-defining shirts. I guess so. I don't have enough muscle-defining shirts. That How do you think Murph made it? That's true. We were filming today with Murph in the background, I That's think, right, too. right, yeah. Someone walked right behind us, by oh the way. We didn't God. even talk about yeah, that. what the like, hell was roller that, bag. Dude walks right behind us, looks right at us. We're like, dude. I, I got to look that up on the camera. That, that was I think so I'll, I'll put that out, actually, on a tweet, because yeah. that was weird as hell. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be another week uh, out there um, You know, at practice again. Hopefully chat to some more players tomorrow. Yeah. Wouldn't mind chatting with Tristan Nielsen a little bit, see what he's up to. I always yeah. like chatting with him. And, uh, yeah, he should be a big piece in Abbotsford this year. Yeah. So, yeah, young stars just around the corner, man. I'm excited. It's, uh, I don't know, this roster starting to come together. I think we're going to, you know, it's going to be an exciting couple I of think- weeks here. And I, pre- I got to mention the emergency episode, the best performing episode we've had. Ever? Since, oh, um, I believe the Boschford Forever episode. Uh, we, yes. That one, I don't know if it's going to be touched for a while, but for listeners, appreciate everyone that tuned into the emergency episode. That is the best performing episode we've had in years. So that was a lot of fun. And we're, man, I tell you, you remember I picked up the phone and I didn't, I was in the elevator when the tweet dropped from the Canucks and I was pissed because I was like, I knew they would do this going into a long weekend. I was pissed off on the phone, saying some words I can't say on the podcast here, but I just knew, you know, now we need to, we need to really start to circle the Friday 3 p.m. long weekend setup because yep. that's when news is going to come down. So when's the next? You got a long weekend coming up here at the end of the month, I think. Yeah. Yeah, So that, but that's a Friday long week. So what do they do, Thursday, do you think? If yeah. Friday's the holiday. Full Horvat extended. Yeah, exactly. So get ready Thursday, whatever it is, the end of the month here. That's the Horvat deal. It's coming down. Mark it on your calendars, folks. Yeah. 3.15. Going to be a good one. All right. A couple more things that I what? wanted to get in. It's What's just that? quotes. Just quick quotes, okay? okay. Well, Greg, uh, Greg's going to give you props here. You're going going a little long for him here. That's right. Something I wanted to mention from Alvin and then another one from Miller. Okay. The first thing from Alvin, uh, he name-checked Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, and JT Miller as the club's core pieces. Added that he rates the group as among the best core groups in the league. Now, JT Miller also added that he thinks the Canucks are going to hit the ground running and surprise a lot of people this year. Are you buying the hype a little bit, Chris? As the season starts to get closer, are you buying the hype? Are you buying what JT Miller is selling? Can you smell what JT Miller is smell selling? <laughs> cooking, uh, cooking. Yeah, I mean, if you're built, and that's the thing we talked about earlier in the episode, 
this team is like all in on building on what they did at the end of last year. And hey, you know what? That's all that uh, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin have to work with with this organization. That's that might be like I'm not saying that's exactly what this team is. And I feel like we might have heard Rutherford even mention that um, that might not be exactly what this team is. Kind of what they showed last year, but they're definitely doubling down on on what they saw last season with Bruce Boudreaux at the helm. So. Um, yeah, they got to hit the ground running, man. They they kind of have to. So uh, we'll see what happens here. Big thing is going to be penalty kill and, and goaltending, and, and I think you kind of hope that the defense can hold up, and I think they're going to be a better team. I think they're going to be a better team under Bruce. I think they have a better roster than last year. It's just, you know, last year I felt pretty confident about the team going into the playoffs, and it didn't really happen. It didn't come close at the start of the year. So we'll have to see what happens, man. But, yeah, they kind of have to hit the ground running, especially after what they did last year. And I think having a lot of the same players from that core last season be back this year, I think they know how much is at stake even at the start of the year this year. So I do expect them to have a hot hot start, definitely compared to what they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a fun season. All we want to do is cover a winner. So let's see if the Canucks can put together a winner. I see, uh, before we get out of here, Abbotsford Canucks has a tweet up right now. Tell me. They're hiring, right? I think we've seen this on uh, Vancouver Canucks as well. Mm -hmm. But they're hiring on the hype team, the ice team, but also looking for some anthem singers. Oh, okay. So I've sang Hero pretty good at karaoke. I think... I don't know if I... I always thought it would be fun to sing the anthem at a hockey game, but I don't think I have the voice to pull that off. Mm. But I would like... But if you are going to go somewhere to do it, Abbotsford feels like the spot to maybe pull it off. You know, you get there on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night game. Might be my time to do the anthem. I've always thought about doing it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. But the, that's the problem is like... I. I know I can do karaoke when I've had a few drinks, but I can't like show up to do the anthem at the Abbotsford Canucks game like six beers deep. <laughs> Help me out! Help me out like, there! <laughs> like, you know that that's grab my arm, grab I don't my think arm. I can sing sober. That's the that's the thing I'd be worried. <laughs> oh, about. Of course you can. Come on, you just gotta gotta get that uh, gotta get that confidence. You got it. We'll see, but I mean, um, you know what? I do see uh, our buddy on Twitter, Caleb, actually. Caleb, looking, Caleb looking got a shout out. Yeah, Caleb got the reply from the Abbey Connects. I saw that. Yeah, so yeah, uh, there you go. they might have that spot locked down there. I'd put Caleb on the hype team. Maybe Caleb could work as the Canucks convo hype team when we go live. Sure. All right, we'll close it out there. <laughs> for my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Gorgelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.